As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. You guys, we are here recording from our favorite place in the world, which is where? Mexico City, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, baby. So we're here. And with that, we want to tell you about this week's podcast episode, which is so important. We're going to be diving into depression. If you guys have been following us, you know that we have been really talking a lot about burnout. We did a whole kind of burnout series. We interviewed couple of different experts, check those out. Um, but one question that kept coming up for me was what is the difference between burnout and depression? Cause it seems like it's a very fine line. Yeah. So we're going to be talking with one of our previous guests, Dr. Angela, who's an award-winning psychologist, professor, and leading expert on anxiety disorders among black Americans. And she is going to be explaining to us what depression is, what are the key signs of depression? Also, what are some helpful tools for living with depression? So we covered so much in this episode, but we also tried to make it succinct and get right to the point and the information that we know you guys are going to want to know. But before we jump right in, I want to read a listener review. And Showgirl JB writes, love the show, Jess and Wendy. I recommend it on all my Facebook RD groups. I like the variety of topics and it's just the right length too. Thank you so much. Oh, no, guys, I can't read. Shower girl. Sh- so, so a girl. <laughs> Not show girl. So, so a girl. So a girl. Thank you so much. So a girl for that review. And with that, let's jump into the episode. Okay, so we debated about whether or not to air this episode, not because of anything scandalous, but rather the audio quality is not the best. And you know, sometimes those internet connections be in and out. And this is one of those cases where you get the gist, but the audio, like I said, is like not the best that we've had on the pod. Having said that, we listened a couple times and for the most part, you can fully understand what's happening And the reason why we decided to air it regardless of the audio not being the best is because the message is just so good. And we both found it incredibly helpful in clarifying around the conversation of depression from a health expert who is looking at things from an intersectional lens, being a black woman. So without further ado, I'm going to jump in, bear with us with the audio. The message is worth it. So Dr. Angela, the term depression gets thrown around a lot. Like, oh my God, I'm feeling so depressed or, oh my God, my friend looks so depressed. And I'm not really sure that a lot of us 
knows what that means, including myself. (laughs) So can we start by talking about what depression is and like, are there different types of depression? How do you know if you're sad versus depressed? Sure. There are different types of depression and depression is more than just sadness. Okay. So first type of depression, which I think most people think about is major depression. And major depression is that you feel sad most days, all days, for at least two weeks. And then what happens with the sadness is that you also have something that's called anhedonia. And anhedonia is basically that nothing gives you joy. Nothing gives you pleasure. When you're experiencing the major depression, what happens is that you might sleep an awful lot. Or you might not sleep at all. And you might eat an awful lot. Or you might not eat at all. And many people who have major depression think about suicide as well. So those are the common symptoms of major depression. When we are talking about Black Americans, and particularly when we are talking about adolescents, instead of depression, what we might see is irritability. So that stereotype of the angry Black woman may actually be a depressed Black woman. And then there's something called persistent depression. And these people just have an air of depression, of sadness around them. You know, they're sad for almost two years. So it's not the deep sadness of major depression. But this kind of sadness that goes with them, and then you know, and nothing gives them pleasure, and they don't really feel like doing anything. Their energy is low. That's persistent depression. So we've got major depression, which is the two-week episode, and then we have persistent depression, which is running, you know, throughout one's life for at least two years. You look at people who have this sadness, this underlying sadness for two years, the anhedonia, just not feeling like themselves, just not feeling like anything gives them joy. And then they might actually go into a a two-week period of where they're sad all day, almost every day, where they're irritable almost every day all day, where they're not sleeping, where they're sleeping too much, where they're thinking about suicide, those types Mm. of things that that you can go from being this flat type of depression to it increase to major depression. And does thinking about suicide, like the, I think you called it anhedonia, like that's always like a symptom or can it be the other things without the suicidality? Okay. So anhedonia is nothing gives me pleasure. And a suicide ideation is thinking about suicide. It's a symptom of major depression, but it doesn't happen with everyone. Is that okay? That's what I'm asking. Yes. Because I think that'll be helpful, that distinction. Another distinction that I have been really needing to know from an expert is burnout versus depression. Because when you mention the symptoms of depression, they also sound very similar to the symptoms of burnout. And I'm never able to understand, like, what's the difference or do they overlap at times? I think some people who are burned out are also depressed. Okay. I mean, burnout, I just can't do this 
any more and just working up the energy to do it right and working up the energy and the motivation to do so i think that's where people get a little confused because is motivation anhedonia and the answer is no remember anhedonia is it doesn't bring me joy i used to like doing this and now i just you know it doesn't do the same thing for me and people who are burned out don't tend to have this air of sadness or the irritability people who are burned out at times some of them almost feel numb just some of them can say i'm burned out and I say, what does that mean are you, are you sad or are you angry what, what are you no i'm just burned out so they're not endorsing those emotions that are associated with depression. And the way we treat burnout is not necessarily the way we treat depression. If you have been tuning into our podcast over the past couple of months, we have been obsessed with talking about Kate Farms, which is a brand that offers medical nutrition formulas for kids and adults that can be used as sole source or supplemental nutrition for oral and tube feedings. It's funny because I got a lot of samples of Kate Farms and they're in my fridge. And like literally every day I look over and my husband is having one for his afternoon snack. What I love about Kate Farms is that they have high quality ingredients made for tolerance with easily digested organic pea protein, fiber, and phytonutrients and without some of the common allergens or artificial sweeteners and flavors. Kate Farms is available in over 600 U.S. hospitals, including the top children's hospitals, with availability increasing daily. Today, Kate Farms is now the number one recommended plant-based formula, and it can be used inside the hospital or outside the hospital as a snack. Kate Farms Glucose Support 1.2 formula is now available for purchase with two-day delivery on katefarms.com and amazon.com. If you want to give Kate Farms a try for yourself or a family member or a friend, we have a discount code. It is wendyjess15 to get 15% off your purchase. All you got to do is head on over to shop.katefarms.com and give it a try. All right, let's get back to the episode. Are there usually triggers or events for depression and or can there be a genetic component? Because I don't know, I've seen people from a young age where I don't know if this is the right term to say, like they just kind of have depressive traits, <laughs> but they kind of just move around with the heaviness to them. Like it just seems like things affect them very deeply. And they just, I don't know, it's kind of like a sad personality. And I don't know, it makes me wonder, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were just born with some kind of predisposition to this. So that's called temperament, uh, is the big psychological word for that. Remember, psychologists <laughs> like big words. So some people might have, it might be part of their temperament, that kind of heaviness. But what we know, there's something called the depression triad. And people who are depressed can exude or they're experiencing helplessness, hopelessness, and worthlessness. So if you're, you're feeling helpless, 
you're feeling hopeless, then you tend to feel worthless. That's the cognitive triad that leads to depression. For women, aspects that there's a form of therapy that really talks about how aspects of women's relationships play a role in depression. And kids, their romantic relationship may all be affecting that presentation of depression. So, and then again, we do know that there's this family familial factor or genetic factor. And so that having a parent who suffered from depression places you at higher risk for experience. Mm. So that all that all those are all different reasons for uh, that we see depression. I'm also wondering, is there a higher prevalence of depression now? Because it almost seems like there's so many people like, you know, within this generation that are depressed. And I'm wondering, A, is that the case? And B, is it kind of like the chicken or the egg? Meaning, is it just more people are getting diagnosed because there's more awareness online? Um, or is it the environment we're living in, social media? I know there's been a lot of studies that that's not helpful for mental health, like, but it just seems like it's kind of everywhere. It is everywhere. And over the dual pandemics, it has increased. Witnessing racial violence is trauma. And uh, some people respond to that trauma in experiencing form of depression. Being isolated, the lack of social interaction again. So you have no sense of belonging. If the only people I've seen for the last 365 days have been my parents and I'm 16 years old or I'm a senior in college and I had to come home and so I don't get I didn't get to walk across the stage. I didn't get to do any senior activities. That contributes to depression. So absolutely that these times have increased the amount of depression that we are seeing in not only young people, but middle-aged people and old people as well. And when should someone consider getting professional help? And also, what would that look like? Like, is there medication available? What type of treatment options are available for people who have diagnosed depression? We're dealing with major depression. And we absolutely want someone to have a medical consult, that medication is a key component to treating depression. And that in combination with some form of therapy, again, cognitive behavioral therapy, is incredibly helpful in terms of depression. So if you've ever been around anyone who's diagnosed with depression, I mean, the act of getting out of bed is a huge accomplishment for them. Getting dressed, in treating depression, we might do something called behavioral activation. So that every morning by 10 o'clock, you have to be out of bed. That every morning by 10 o'clock, you have to be out of bed and you have to be in street clothes. And, And just continuing to add, depression makes you forget because major depression takes you to a place where there is no joy. Wow. Is there a such thing as high functioning depression? Excellent question. 
and it's a, a term that has been used a great deal over the last two or three months. And the simple answer to that is no. It is a misnomer. There is no diagnosis called high-functioning depression. What we do get are people who experience either persistent depression or major major depressive episode. And when that happens, that places them at risk for suicidality. And it's really important to understand suicidality because what we know happens when people make a suicide attempt or when they actually complete a suicide attempt is there are three factors involved. One is that they've had this thwarted sense of belonging. They feel as if they don't belong anywhere or they don't have a community. And the pandemics have been very good because we're isolated at thwarting belonging. Then the second piece is that they feel like they were burdened. So we've got thwarted but not belonging. Burdensomeness is the term. I feel like I'm burdened. And the third thing that happens is that most of us are afraid of death. It's a natural fear for humans. And somehow the person has overcome this natural fear of death. And when you get those three things together, then you tend to get a suicide attempt. But high-functioning depression is a misnomer. It's not a diagnosis. It's the person. My favorite treat to eat growing up was none other than the fig Newton cookie. Oh my God, it was always so good as a kid. But then as an adult, it's like a little too sweet, a little too much going on. And so that's why when I discovered that it bar has a fig Newton flavor that tastes 10 times better than that fig Newton cookie, I remember I was ecstatic. Okay, y'all have to try the That's It bars if you have not already. What I love about them is that they are so basic in their ingredients, but still taste amazing. Take the apple and strawberry flavor, for example. It just contains one apple and 12 strawberries. Nothing else, nothing more. And you're getting the same vitamins and minerals from eating the dried fruit as you would if you had the whole fruit. What's amazing is their variety of options. The flavors include mango, blueberry, pineapple, banana. You will find your favorite flavor. I can guarantee it. That's it is giving Food Heaven listeners a special discount. So if you're looking to try these fruit bars for yourself, head on over to that'sitfruit.com slash foodheaven and use the code foodheaven to get 20% off your order. Let's get to it. Today's podcast sponsor couldn't have come at a better time because once the weather starts getting warm, I like to play around with urban gardening on my fire escape, on my windows. But for the past few years, I don't know, I just haven't been as motivated, (laughs) probably because 
I killed off my last batch of basil, which basil grows pretty easily. But yeah, I was having some challenges with it, which is why I am so excited to introduce you to HGTV's newest podcast, Dig It. Whether you have a large backyard garden or containers on a balcony, Dig It will help you grow and maintain your vegetables from seed to harvest, no matter what your level of experience is. It sounds like exactly what I need. The host, Kelly Smith Trimble, is a gardening expert and editor at HGTV. She answers commonly asked vegetable gardening questions on the podcast, like which vegetables grow best together or how to fix soil issues. The weather is getting warm, which means that it's the perfect time for seeding and learning how to plant your own edible plants. And I love that the episodes are just 10 minutes, so they're very quick and to the point. Kelly goes over the basics. And the tips on the podcast are for listeners who live in all types of places across the United States. There are tips for different regions and zones, which is really great. Some of the topics they cover are what kind of light is good for specific kinds of plants and herbs, which are the best kinds of soil to use when first starting to grow or when repotting. That's something I found particularly useful. Plus, how to grow everything from potatoes, carrots, onions, tomatoes, and much, much more, whether you're in a garden or a city apartment. To learn more, you can go to HGTV.com and just search Dig It. That's D-I-G-I-T. On the page, you'll be able to tune into the podcast and also get access to different resources for gardening. If you're interested in cultivating that green thumb, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. Listen to Dig It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are going to get back into our episode. For people like let's say they can't afford to get professional help or they're uninsured. Are there things that can be done at home kind of tools that people can incorporate on their own to help with depression? I know you said having a routine is really good, like something to look forward to. So things like that. Well, I would have to say, first of all, money is no reason that you cannot seek out therapy. Both medication is an actual form of CBT. If you are in a city where there is a university where they train people to be therapists, then that university has a clinic. And you can be seen for free in those clinics because the therapists are graduate students. They're, they're people training to be therapists, but they're supervised by people like me a licensed psychologist. There are clinics that have a sliding scale fee. And so you pay based on your income. So if your income is $100, then you're not going to pay anything. So there's a sliding scale fee. So I don't want anyone to hear this podcast and think, I don't have money, I can't see a therapist. You don't need money, and particularly if you're near a university, you're going to get state-of-the-art therapy for depression because that's what we teach. Other things you can do, and I I never recommend that somebody try to self-cure themselves from depression, but other things you can do is set a routine and reach out. Let people know, hey, I'm just not doing really good. You know, if you're living by yourself and the home of a relative, a parent, home of your parents, or a parent or a sibling is a safe place, go there. 
so that you're interacting with people. Because again, people interaction is, is good and let them know how you've been feeling. Because they may know of a therapist or a group, again, group therapy. Groups are incredibly helpful for depression, particularly depression in Black women. So again, I think what people understand, even reaching out to family when you are in a major depression is so, so difficult. Because remember, your thinking has changed too. I mean, you think that no one wants to listen to you. You feel helpless, you feel hopeless, you may feel like you're a burden. And all those factors, when you start to feel better, you're like, how could I even think that? But when you are in the throes of a major depressive episode, that's what you believe. And you think that reaching out for help will just be told no anyway, so why should I do it? But reach out. Reach out. Don't do this alone. That's super helpful advice. And I just have kind of one last question about this. And I'm wondering, like, how do we best support people in our lives with depression and especially amongst black communities where, you know, it's not talked about as much or we might hear things like, oh, you could pray it away or God doesn't give you more than you can handle. How do we deal with that? Because it's, you know, it makes it more difficult. One of the ways that we do this is we educate ourselves in how to recognize the signs and symptoms. And there's something called mental health first aid. Every county has the alcohol, drug, and mental health board. And when invited, members of these boards will go out and teach mental health first aid. So how you recognize that somebody is not doing well. As a psychologist, I will say to somebody's family member, you check on so-and-so, they're not doing well. And the family member might say, oh, you know, that's always been like that, well, you know, and it's nothing, it's nothing. And then maybe three weeks later, they'll come back to me because there's been either some sort of incident and they'll say, oh, I should listen to you. You were right, there was something. But mental health first aid trains you to know the signs and the symptoms, and particularly as they relate to depression, so you can intervene. And and it's like, you know, just notice that you've been sleeping 12 hours a day. Have you considered that that you might be experiencing a mental health challenge or that you might be experiencing depression? I mean, and, and most people are so grateful, but somebody noticed. Yeah, that's so helpful. I've learned so much. And yeah, I think especially during these unprecedented times, like Jess says, (laughs) this is really good to know. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of depression or just like a lot of sadness and it gets very blurry. So it's, it's very good to have this information so that we know how to distinguish and also better support people in our lives who might be dealing with depression. Dr. Angela, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. For those of you who want to learn more about your work, where can they connect with you? They can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Angela with a J. They can also follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter at KSU Product. 
which it ends with two A's. So just like the purses, but with two A's at the end. At KSU Product is our uh, standard social media address, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.